What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk of normal. Uh, it is five o'clock on Friday night. So, yeah, um, you guys are listening to this on Saturday. Hopefully, you are enjoying your Saturday. This is a rebroadcast. <laughs> this is a do over of uh, Wednesday's podcast because. We had some technical difficulties, apparently uh, podcast started in and then after a couple minutes it picked up some static or something, some weird feedback or something, I don't know, I'm not an engineer and, uh, and it never went away for the entire podcast. So I pulled it, decided I'd rather have some quality, uh, you know, quality podcasts instead of a bunch of static to try and listen through, so... Um, thank you again for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's important. Uh, it's important to me that they're good and that you guys, uh, you know, enjoy them. I know sometimes they're short and whatever, but I just, uh, I just want to make sure that they're as, as good as they can be anyway. So thank you for being patient and, uh, understanding. So, um, first of all, the move and property acquisition is moving forward um that's all on track met with the property owner he's already started moving stuff out to make room for us um septic system was pumped and inspected at past the four corners of the lot were marked at staked so now we know exactly where we are um Struck a deal with him. I am getting two 40-foot-long high-cube shipping containers, a Bridgeport mill, a... I don't even know the name of it, but it's pretty much like an iron worker, but it only makes holes. So it's a punch of sorts. Uh, but it can do, like... It comes with all the dies... And it can do slots, it can do uh, squares, it can do stars, it can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, there's a good chance you're going to see some creativity in future Boneyard uh, fabrication projects. So um, can't wait to get that. The mill's going to be sweet. I can't. I'm really looking forward to just turning out some cool shit. Uh, and then the lathe, of course, that I already have. I haven't set up the lathe because it's three-phase. I don't have three-phase in this current shop. I was going to get a phase converter and have it wired in and all this stuff. And I just was like, by the time I looked at what it was going to cost to do it all and what I could actually get done, I just, it wasn't worth it. The cost to, you know, the cost wasn't there. So um, I never set it up. So I'll move it to the new shop that has three phase, and then I will operate it there. And uh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So um, what else? We have been packing here. Uh, Jamie has been feverishly packing the office and all of the artwork and whatnot. Um, I have been 
getting rid of rigs. I've scrapped two rigs this week. Um, been uh, very busy, uh, very busy scrapping. Uh, just junk. It's it's junk. They're not great. I don't scrap stuff that's good. Uh, I know everybody thinks I just take off, you know, the chrome and then send them to the wrecking yard, and that's not true. Um, I definitely, definitely give them every opportunity to give up every piece they have, uh, and then, um, you know, then they get knocked in the head. Uh, so that's uh, what I've been doing there. I'm going to move some rigs down to Josie's house. She's graciously letting me store some scouts in her side yard. Uh, my folks said I can move a few more down there, so I'm going to do that. Um, getting jobs done as well, getting work out the door, uh, so that's helpful. Just trying to get some stuff out of here, and then uh, we've been packing, palleting everything, uh, just wrapping up stuff, getting it to the point where... Um, it's it's ready to go so we can just start putting it on the trailer forking it on the trailer get it to the new place unload with a forklift there um hoping to have a just rent a forklift for a weekend or something or or a week or two and um go that route so anyway um that's what's happening in that in in, in the boneyard world that's what's going on so a lot of stuff is making its way to ebay a lot of parts are getting sold on Facebook and Instagram uh, just because I don't want to move them. So they're getting sold. And, um, you know, it's discount pricing for sure. On to regular business. Calendar. We got a bunch of stuff on the calendar this time. Uh, I finally got the dates from everybody for various, uh, various events. Uh, so first of all, the one I care about the most... <laughs> my birthday trip, March 16th through the 19th. We're running Route 66 west to east, starting around the Bakersfield area uh, and then heading east. There's no schedule. There's no time frame. I'm just cruising, looking at what I want to look at, and doing what I want to do. Uh, the next event, uh, April 26th through the 28th, is IHWR. That's the IH Western Regionals in Calico, California, which is just a little bit north of Barstow, California, down in the, the desert there. Um, I love that show because it gets me out of the cold, dreary... Because April in Central Oregon is just starting to turn into nice spring. So I'm still kind of cold, still wearing a thermal sometimes. I'm still, you know, it's just not quite... There, so going to Southern California and laying around in 80 degree uh, weather is pretty nice. Uh, so again, that's April 26th to the 28th. Uh, the next is Binder Bash up in Clayton, Washington. I'm not sure exactly where they're having that in Clayton, uh, if it's a fairground or what, but um, that's one day only, June 15th, Clayton, Washington for the Binder Bash. The Rocky Mountain Rendezvous in Kremlin, Colorado is July 19th through the 21st. And if you've never been there, Kremlin is way the fuck up there. Like, bring your oxygen mask if you have a hard time breathing. Um, that is at the fairgrounds at Kremlin, uh, July 19th through the 21st. Uh, the Nationals, the big show, the big daddy show, 
is in August 16th through the 18th in Troy, Ohio. And that is at the Troy Airfield. Uh, pretty neat place. Been there a few times. Um, that's the big show. That's where all the stuff happens. So that's uh, August 16th through the 18th. That's also where the reveal is for our great American binder build-off, whatever the hell it's called that uh, I'm in. Uh, that's where the reveal will be for that. So um, a lot of stuff going on at that show, August 16th through the 18th in Troy, Ohio. And then uh, I've got the Sierra Fall Rally is uh, in Grass Valley, California at the Nevada County Fairgrounds, and that is October 4th through the 6th. Sierra Fall Rally is probably one of my favorites uh, because the weather's nice, it's in a nice location, you see a lot of cool rigs, the, you know, the raffle's good, the food is great, everyone's awesome. It's just, it's one I prefer, and it's only seven hours from me, so I can get to it fairly easily. It's not like nationals where it's three days on the road for me. So um, I really like Fall Rally. I've been supporting that since I've been in business. And uh, Jeff has been a great supporter of my business. And so it's just it's just cool to, you know, be part of those sorts of things. So um, that is the calendar. I will read those again um, every podcast to just drill it into your guys' heads um, so that you show up. Show up and show out, as they say. Um, shine up your shit. Buff out that rust, as Joe Dirt would say. And, uh, yeah, come on out. Come say hi. I'm not sure which ones I will be at. Um, going to try to hit Western Regionals because I love that one. Um, maybe Binder Bash in June. I don't know. Um, Rocky Mountain is always up in the air for me as well. Uh, just because it's... It's only a month away from the national show, so it's hard for me to get away to go to Colorado and then go to nationals a month later. Uh, and I'll definitely be at Sierra Fall Rally. So come on out, say hi, buy some shit, and it should be a good time. So um, today's cast is kind of to piggyback off of some questions. Uh, last week I asked on my Instagram story just for people to ask me questions, and there were a ton of really good questions. Some of you guys are weird, but the rest of you asked me some really good questions. And one of the questions was, one of my favorite things uh, to do uh, is to daydream and you know, fantasy build. And my the, So the question was, if you had a time machine and a bunch of money, where would you go? What, or what international would you do? Like, what, what would you do for an international? Um, so the next 20 minutes is going to be Dan <laughs> going on about the world's perfect international and, uh, and just exactly what I would do. And remember, this is my preference, so I'm sure some of you guys aren't going to like what I want to do, but that's get your own goddamn time machine and your own goddamn <laughs> fake money because... This is my dream. This is my fantasy. And I may have already brought this up in past podcasts, but um, no, this is, this is going to be an in-depth fantasy podcast. So, um, you know, it's Saturday, so enjoy, your, uh, enjoy dance fantasy. So, time machine. And not a DeLorean, but it would probably be like a 
wagon master or something bizarre. Uh, I would have it drop me off in 1968 because there's a lot of things I like about 68. So we'll start. I'm getting two internationals, not just one. Dose. The first one, 68 Scout 800. I would special order it, of course. 196, four speed, Dana 20, worn overdrive, and I don't know if they can do that. I think the overdrive was only on the 18th. I might have to see if the dealership would special special retrofit me that, um, but throw the worn overdrive on that. I would stick with the 427 gears. Because with the four-speed, you can pull those gears a little better, and I say that because I would I opt for the larger uh, 716s, which are pretty good size. They're like 32, 32-inch tires. So, you know, of course, since we're building this thing out with all the options, it would get the heavy-duty suspension package. You know, uh, it, since it would have. I would also order it with the worn winch behind the grill uh, with the fancy winch bumper with the hole and the cut, cut out in it. So it would be hidden, but you know, all the hand controls in the dash, um, you know, up, up model alternator. It would have the um, increased capacity air cleaner, uh, which is the side hung uh, oil bath. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. A lot of the six cylinders had it, but it was a kind of a weird teardrop shaped lid and then the oil bath actually hung on the side uh, out of the way and I would do that because that style of air filter is less susceptible to rough terrain and getting um, oil because what happens with a normal oil bath air filter is you go up something too steep you hit some bumps you splash around that oil can actually make it down the carburetor um, so with the side hung, uh, increased capacity, and they call that like extreme duty or you know desert duty or something like that. I can't remember what they called it in the parts book, but it was for dusty operation because it held more oil and it was offset. Uh, so I would have that air filter to help with the rough terrain because I don't want the paper one. I didn't. I don't think in '68 if they'd gone to paper elements yet there was a crossover in there i think because 69 with the d series i think they had paper elements but i'm not sure i don't remember but all i'm saying is i want the one with the fucking offset um so 68 so of course up model um you know got the tire carrier on the back i would like a full top but with no back seat because i would be by myself or perhaps a lovely California girl would be with me because I would have my time machine drop me off in Southern California. I would order this international from a Southern California dealer um, so that it, you know, would go. And I would do it in the summertime, hopefully, so that when it was built and transported, it would stay as dry as possible. Because then as soon as I got it, I would go somewhere, I don't know, find a body shop or, or, some befriend somebody with a building I could borrow really fast and 
I would rust. So I would spray every area that is known to rust on these things with roof tar or whatever the the chemical back then would be you could use that would prohibit you know rust from forming in the in the usual spots you know next to the fuel tank and the the quarter panels and the end cap the lower edges of the end cap the tube of the tire carrier or of the um, tailgate i mean you know of course the front floors i would order this thing so it would be fully optioned uh i would not have air conditioning i don't like ac in the 800s it looks weird and i just it's too complicated but um you know all the stuff with the washer squirter and the just the everything and um but i would have it with no flooring no carpet no mat no nothing because i just know you know those those mats hold moisture if you don't have anything down there to collect the moisture, then there's no way for rust to start. So, no mat, spray it, keep it clean, um, you know, keep any w- chance of water intrusion, just, just prepare for it. Because the 800s are notorious for leaking. The windows don't seal very good. The doors don't seal very good. They just, water makes its way in. So, of course, I would have the two bucket seats, not a bench. Um, but I would have, you know, full travel top, no back seat, spare tire carrier on the outside. Uh, of course, two tanks. Um, what else? You know, yeah, the larger, like the most aggressive tire I could get the, the 716. So I'm getting the optional larger 16 inch wheels. The best brakes I could get at the time. You know, the performance shocks, whatever. I would get skid plating for sure. But, uh, yeah, the winch would be important to have there behind the grill. I love that hidden winch. That The four cylinders with, they just, I don't know. There's just something about the way they were laid out. They're, the weight balance is better. The way they steer and drive is better. The 196s with a four-speed is actually pretty drivable. I really liked it in mine. Um, and then the 427 gears with the bigger tires still goes down the road okay. And then the worn overdrive just makes it so that I can actually do 60 if I wanted to. Um, but I do like the electric winch option. I would have a dual battery set up to help power the winch because they do draw a lot if you need them. Um, I would also have a tow bar installed because... The other international that I would order, because I have all this money, is a 68-1500. So it's the big truck. This is the one and a half ton, heavy framed, RA-15, FA, oh, I can't remember what the front axle is, but it's the Dana 70 with the giant knuckles and the giant brakes big axle shafts and that rear end same thing huge brakes i would have 392 i know and i talk shit about the 392 but i would have a 392 i would because it's a 1510 i would have them install the lodestar oil cooler which if anybody's seen it it bolts to the side of the block, 
and is a heat exchanger. So it has a radiator hose that runs through it or runs to it, and it cools the oil via the water. So I would get the biggest radiator that I could get, that I could order. I would have this oil cooler. I would have the oversized oil filter. And then, you know, so now you're holding like nine quarts of oil by the time it's all said and done. So the 392, I would like to think I could keep it cool and keep the head problems down with that 392. Have four barrel, of course, four barrel holly. Um, that one, I think it's going to have the oil bath, but I would try to get the best oil, air cleaner that I could get for quote unquote performance. Um, of course, it would have two fuel tanks. Um, but so getting back to the chassis on this thing, those big axles, I want 410 gears. I want the 392. I want a direct drive five speed, not the overdrive. Direct drives are so much nicer to drive. That overdrive, if anybody's ever driven one, it's a bizarre shift pattern. The third to fourth split is terrible, and they just they're just not a good driving transmission. They're made for puttering out of your driveway with an empty truck hitting the highway and shifting into overdrive and then just cruising. That's what that transmission is made for, in my opinion. You're better off, and again, my opinion, direct drive five speed. And of course, this truck's four-wheel drive. But then in the axles, I would have four tens, and I would get the optional 916 tires go big but i would try to and i don't know if they were doing this back then get one piece wheels not the split rings that everyone has but just one piece one piece wheels and it might they might end up being 16 fives um which if i got to get 16 fives that's fine they're capacity rated anyways um but get uh yeah, I get the 16.5s if I have to. Whatever the bigger size tire. Because there were two sizes normally that were available. There was like a stock and then there was like an oversized. I would get the oversized tire. Um, but of course, it's a long bed. Being a 1500, uh, it's got the heavier chassis. Get the heavy-duty spring package for sure. Um, and then being a Travelette, because duh... It's got to be a fucking Travelette. I'm not getting a single cab truck. It is a 1500 Travelette. The interior would be as optioned out as you could get. Custom cab or deluxe cab, I guess. Like the Travelalls had the deluxe cab. So it would be, you know, of course the bench in the back. But the front would be the low back buckets with the center console. It would be, you know, increased capacity heater. You know, which has the one, if you've ever seen it, it's the one that has two fans. It has the U-shaped heater core. Uh, Of course, it would have air conditioning, you know, green tint glass, carpet front to back. You know, just as many options as you could get in that truck. 
of course the you know windshield washer and all that stuff um just optioned out again i would take that truck you know factory dual exhaust what else would i be missing um yeah i mean that's just you name it i would have it on there uh just fucking pile it on west coast mirrors the whole nine yards i would take that truck i would drive it to the same place that i did the scout i would rust proof the shit out of it i would take the front fenders off i would hole saw some drains in the cowl underneath and then i would take a fluid film wand and i would spray the entire cowl is just soak it with rust inhibitor and protectant same with the front fenders on the inside spray that lower section where they always rust from the water hitting them the door hinge pockets would get coated everything would get coated the bottoms of the doors the inside of the doors um all that under the floor the carpet lift the carpet up spray it just rust proof the shit out of it cab corners all of it just go to fucking town put the thing back together drive it down the street so now we have like 10 miles on it drive it down the street to the avion camper dealer and I would get me one of them big fucking aluminum slide-in monstrosities of a camper. You know, not the Airstream. Airstream, that's too pretentious. I like the Avions. They had a lot of cool features. That All that wood paneling and shit inside is just gorgeous. And I know those things are heavy. That's why I got the 1500. Duh. Um, get... You know, all the cool camper tie-downs, all that stuff, so that thing stays stable. Um, you know, now that I think about it, I probably want the 16.5 tires because those rims were 9 and 3 quarters inch wide. So you're going to get these a lot wider tire with that setup, um, which is be more stable. And the 16.5s were supposed to be for hauling weight anyways. So um, I'd probably go that route, get the 16.5s. Uh, and then those, are, of course, are tubeless tires, so no split rings. Because um, I know those big campers are—they can be wobbly in these things. So, you know, try and get have the heaviest springs I could get. Of course, it would have the sway bar packages, front and rear, um, skid plating, that kind of stuff. A nice hitch, because then I will flat toe that sixty-eight eight hundred behind this truck. And being 1968, I consider that probably one of the best times to be roaming around America. Um, you know, the, the national parks and state parks were pretty good places. Um, you could still get around. There weren't a ton of rules. You could do a lot of exploring without people jumping your shit. Um, you know, just really... Just America in the 60s, from what I've heard people talk about and, and just what I've read and what I've seen, it still would be a pretty awesome time to be touring the country. So I would just go everywhere, just drag that scout up into the mountains and then find a place to camp, then unhook the scout and then use the scout to wheel around and just really get to some remote places. Um, 
of course, you know, if I've got all this money in a time machine, I'm outfitting this thing with, you know, full array of of camping gear and hunting gear and fishing gear and everything. Because believe it or not, I did used to hunt and fish and all that stuff in the old days. My dad used to trap. It was, you know, that's how I grew up. So I'm not too into it now because I'm busy working all the time. But, um, you know, it would probably be something I did back then if I had that. If I had the option and it was 1968, um, you know, I would drive to Alaska. I would tow this fucker up there and watch, just check out everything. Just see the Alaskan before, you know. I mean, it only had been a state for nine years. So (laughs) uh, that might be kind of neat to be up there and and see that stuff. And then, uh, of course, the Alaskan highway through Canada and drive all that. I've heard stories about people running that so i think it would be pretty awesome to uh to do that so there's dan's fantasy lottery wish list wet dream um you know that that's probably what i would do i know some of you guys would probably build something different or go back to the the 50s and build a rs series or something i don't know but but I think as far as customizability, is that a, I think I just made that word up, and and just optioning them out. I think the late '60s was kind of the heyday of that. Uh, maybe the early '70s in the the full size stuff, but late '60s, God, you could get away with some shit. Those dealers would say anything. So um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It was fun for me to daydream a little bit, escape. So, um, thank you again for listening. Thank you for sitting through this, uh, story time. Hopefully you're enjoying your Saturday and, um, hopefully you're getting something done on your project. So until next time, I'm Dan, Binder Boneyard. Mm-hmm.